Welcome back to another episode of Sips with the Tips, a podcast about savouring the sip, whether that's coffee, cocktails, whiskey, wine or whatever. My name's Nikki. I'm Daniel. And we are the Tips. Welcome back and thanks for joining us. Um, start off by addressing the bloody elephant in the room a wee bit. It's been a, been a few weeks between episodes. Um, we went a little MIA, but we that's did. okay. Just a touch. We made the call, um, oh, I think, two or three weeks back. Uh, so we, we committed to doing weekly episodes. It was ended up being a little bit more work than we wanted it to be. Um, you know, we've got other hobbies that we want to fit into our weekends too. So we said, no, let's let's drop this back to fortnightly episodes. Yeah. And that was all well and good. Um, and then the weekend that we were due to record one, um, we were thrust into a bit of a weather crisis, weren't we? Yeah, Nelson in New Zealand had some intense flooding. Yeah. So nothing like I've ever seen before. It was it was a lot. We were actually put into, Nelson and Tasman were put into a state of emergency. Yeah, so I, I work for the radio station, so that thrust me into a, a wee bit of overtime. Yeah. Um, we had some extra broadcast hours to fill, so uh, coming home after that and recording an episode of a podcast about uh, whiskey, wine, coffee, and whatever was not really... Nah, he was zero chat, like, yeah. the, other, the entire time. It was not on the table, but... We are back today. We've got another episode planned, and we've got a doozy of an episode on the way today. It's one we've been talking up for several weeks, uh, which we're going to get to shortly. We'll move on. We're going to start off by talking a bit about our Sunday sip for today. It's one I'm very excited for. It's a whiskey that has uh, interested me for a long time. I think probably same for you, Nick. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I was introduced to this distillery Oh God! Years ago, um, at the the Scotch malt whiskey experience. No, was it Scotch, there? What's it, what's it called? Scot Scotch whiskey experience. That one. The one on, on the, the Royal, Royal Mile. Mile of Edinburgh, where we lived for a few years, uh, went there many times, drank many, many drams there. But one of the times I went there, they introduced me to this uh, product. They got called... the little buggy thing that like takes you around the wee tour. Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scot- up by the I castle. Can't remember what it's called. I think it's Scotch malt whiskey experience. Something like that, yeah. Am I mixing that up with this? No, no, it's definitely the experience or something. Doesn't matter. Been there many a times. Every time you go there, uh, if you've got like a gold ticket or whatever, you get four drams at the end of it. One of the drams I had, one of the times I went there was a product called While We Wait, which was from a distillery in Scotland that hadn't quite got around to bottling a whiskey yet because they were waiting for it to age. But in the meantime, they had a product uh, that they put together, a blend of different whiskies that they said, this is what we hope our whiskey's going to taste like. And that concept intrigued me quite a lot. So I followed this distillery ever since and finally got uh, got, got my hands on a bottle of their inaugural release earlier this year. Today's Sunday Sip Nikki is... The Isle of Rasse Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. So it's their inaugural release, as Daniel mentioned. And it's a beautiful wee drop too. And there's a reason that we've chosen that, which we'll come to shortly. Do you want to tell us a bit more about this uh, this first uh, bottling of theirs? Yeah, so this is technically the first legal... Isle of Rasse whiskey. Which, They've been... Let's just pick up on that a wee bit. So first, legal whiskey. That means they have been making whiskey for a very long time. This is just the first time they've done it by the books. Yes. So Rasse is an inner Hebridean Scottish island, which actually only has a population of 161 people. So it's toti-woti. And 
Every drop of this liquid is distilled, matured and bottled on the island. And this inaugural release is lightly peated with a balance of dark fruit flavours and a flavour profile that is inspired by some of the older style of smoky Hebridean single malt whiskies. So it's combining a bit of a traditional approach with some contemporary thinking, which they flag as the Rassy way. Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff and a very nice drop too. And we're going to tuck into that shortly. Uh, that's going to lead us on to today's topic, which uh, I think we mentioned this in the last episode today. We're finally going to get around to talking a bit more about packaging. So it's something that both Nikki and I are very passionate about. We talk about quite a lot in each of our episodes and we're going to take a slightly deeper dive into that today. As well as that, Nikki, you've got some interesting news for us. Yep. So a new Isla whiskey experience has just opened and Ardbeg is up to new tricks yet again. McAllen has just announced a new partnership release and a baseball fan is getting pretty weird with a hot dog. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing about that. Hey, we've also got some feedback from the uh, last last few weeks on Instagram. We asked a few different questions on the topic of packaging and we're going to save that until a little bit later on in the episode today uh, because it kind of leads into what it is that we're going to talk about. So we'll come back to that shortly. For now, I'm going to grab a couple of glasses. We're going to pour out some of that uh, amber liquid from the Isla Rassi bottle, and we will talk more about that in just a tick. So we are on to our Sunday sip, and got to say, uh, very excited for a wee dram. It's been a, a quite a warm weekend in Nelson. We've spent a lot of it in the garden, and I'm very sore as a result. So having a wee dram on a Sunday sounds pretty bloody appealing right Nothing now, I've got to say. So I'm going to pour this out, and the Isle of Rasse Hebridean Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. The reason that we have chosen this is because they've done some really interesting stuff with their uh, packaging and design choices, which is going to make up the basis of this episode. But while I pour this out, Nick, do you want to tell us a bit about the whiskey? itself because they've done some quite interesting things as well with their cask choices. Yeah, so it's super interesting. Um, This is the first of their six cask recipe. So they use a combination of three different casks, but for both peated and unpeated barley. Mm. So it is a rye whiskey cask, a chinkapin oak cask, and a Bordeaux red wine cask each filled with peated and unpeated and then all married together towards the end. Yeah, so it's quite the quite the labour of love that they go through to get this into the bottle, right? Yeah. Really interesting stuff. So we've got a couple of these poured out. We'll come back to the liquid inside first, but the, the, the main thing that we want to talk about with this Rassi is the presentation, right? Yeah. Absolutely stunning. I think the moment that they started showcasing how they were going to be packaging this whiskey immediately made it into my top five of like most beautifully packaged bottles like consumer level bottles um that you can get oh it's gorgeous it's incredible so let's talk a bit about the box um what do you say about that the box is relatively simple in comparison to the glass i think but i quite like that it's got little little touches of gold and kind of like purpley tone through it that give a kind of geological influence Mm, do you get that vibe definitely and it's just i also like how the text runs uh vertically Mm -hmm. up the pack as opposed to horizontally it just is a nice little point of difference makes it look a bit more modern as well yeah and the main thing about the the way that it's boxed is that it's got a very large like half of the front of the box is a window Oh, you already know the the, the glass is the hero. Yeah. Yeah. So the box kind of exists to showcase the bottle, which we'll move on to now. And they've done some 
truly incredible stuff with this. So the bottle, just looking at it at a first glance, it's got this really nice texture. And when you take a look a little bit closer, oh, that looks kind of like it's got a fossil or something uh-huh. woven into it there. A nice Isle of Rasse embossed on the side. A nice, it's good and chunky. It's heavy. The cap's beautiful. It's got some of that purple geological kind of influence tape on the top of it. But They've got I a think- really nice amount of information as well about the product that's really easily like digested yeah it's not overly complicated they break it down really nicely and i find it really simple to understand so the label around it what nikki's talking about there it actually tells you all about that uh marrying of the peated and unpeated casks and how they use sort of six different types tells you a bit about the island and the volcanic um rock that makes up the island it even tells you the bloody island population so it does have a lot of information um dotted around it but as she says it's all quite easily digestible on the packaging, on the bottle design rather itself, I think Rassi probably do the best job of summarising it, and I think you've got the official sort of oh yeah, there are notes description on it. from it. Rassi's landscape is incredible. Much of their geological history of Scotland is here in one form or another, and their decanter-like glass bottle captures this rugged natural beauty with Rassi's fossils and rocks moulded into the glass. Holding it is like holding a piece of Rassi in your hands, no matter where you are in the world. A fusion of tradition with contemporary thinking. And this really speaks to me as well. I don't don't know about you. It's the tactile element for me. I Oh, I'm so here for that. Well, just the earthy elements probably going into a little bit too much detail here but nikki and my wedding rings you think my wedding ring is all made with um you know it's influenced by the rock faces around fife in scotland where it was designed right and to have a bottle that does a similar kind of thing with taking the textures and the landscapes and embossing that into the glass is just like that is so up my street and i love it it also highlights how integral the surrounding environment and landscape is to Rassi as a product. Yeah. And that it gives you a little bit of an, a feeling of how the consumption of that whiskey is going to make you feel mm. and like what you're tapping into. It's like you're not just tasting a whiskey, you're tasting an island. And yeah. I, I, that, that's what I kind of like about it. Yeah. So hats off to them. They've done some incredible stuff there. And look, if you haven't seen that bottle for yourself, uh, we do have a photo of it, I think three or four posts ago, up on our Instagram page, at Sips with the Tips. Uh, we did an at-home tasting. This was one of the bottles that we tried, and we've got a shot of it um, alongside a couple other bottles um, right up there on the Instagram page if you'd like to see it for yourself. So we've kind of banged on enough about the bottle. Absolutely love it. We'll come back to it later, I'm sure. So let's move on to the liquid inside the bottle and, in this case, inside the glass. Uh, In terms of presentation, what would you like to say about this here liquid, Nick? Yeah, it's a nice clean colour, ambery tone, not too heavy. It's quite light, isn't it? Which I think this is a non-age statement, which implies to me that it's probably quite young. Um, Probably between three and ten years. Yeah, maybe even younger than that. I imagine they were quite eager to get it to market, so the moment it was good to go, they probably wanted to get that out there. So I would hazard a guess somewhere between three and five, possibly. I don't know. Potentially. But it is very light, so it probably is quite young. Not necessarily a bad thing. Age doesn't always equal quality. Um... It sits well, it moves around the glass nicely, it's not too thick. Got a little drag, but nothing crazy. A nice, like, kind of wheaty sort of gold colour. Ooh, wheaty. Yeah, I, I like, like it. that. So let's move on to the aroma. What can you tell us about that? So soft. 
I should have mentioned as well at the beginning, it's bottled at, what, 46.2%, wasn't 46.4. Yeah, 46.4. So it, it's it's not too heavy on the nose. Like, it's, very it's, gentle peat. It's quite perfumed uh, on this occasion. We've had this, I think we're halfway through the bottle. We've had it a few times. There is that slight hint of peat. And every time I have soft. it, we get something slightly different. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say violet. I don't know if that's correct. That's just what it makes me think of. I almost get like a sort of highland influence of that heathery sort of note. Do you get oh, that? Oh, yeah. A little bit of a florally overtone. And a word. Sound. Sound. So let's um, let's toast to it. Have a wee sip. And uh, do you want to tell us what you think? Mm-hmm. I'll just once again mention the casks. So we've got a mix of peated and unpeated rye whiskey, chinkapin oak, and Bordeaux red wine casks all married together to put together what they consider to be something quite special. What do you say? The smoke is so light. Like, you know the way sometimes it like clings to your tongue and you can feel it sitting and you can feel it go down the back of your throat mm. almost as if you've had a drag or something. This immediately just like dissipates into your system. It's so nice. But there is like a fruitiness to it. Like kind of stone fruity. Yeah, like quite dark stone, like a plummy sort of I was thinking more sweetness. like nectarine mm-hmm. apricot-y kind of. I get a honey. I get that little bit of campfire smoke down the back. I mean, just a hint of it, though. This would be a really nice introduction to peated whiskey for someone that's, like, not... It's so gentle. Yeah, not ordinarily a fan of that style. I I would use the word refreshing. Maybe that's just because it's a nice day and I've been toiling away in the garden, but this is really going down quite well. I enjoy it. Yeah, so there you have our thoughts. But uh, what are Rassi saying about this one themselves? So I've got a little list here of just like kind of notes that they run through. Okay. So we've got aromatic smoke, cherry, apricot, blackcurrant, mm. crystallized ginger, sandalwood, vanilla, butterscotch, and a hint of saltiness. Just looking at the box a little bit closer now, loads of information on here, but I see they've actually got a lot of those notes down the bottom here, just in the fine print. Yeah. And they've actually put like a, a scale next to them. To sort of say, like, it's like the biggest scale, I think, is fruit, cherry, apricot, black currant. The smallest one is the sandalwood and a hint of saltiness. So, yeah, I guess it summarizes it fairly well. It's quite nice, yeah. All in all, pretty bloody tasty. And again, as we mentioned at the start of the episode, the reason that we have chosen this Sunday sip today is because we do want to talk a little bit more about packaging. And there's there's a handful of drinks uh, or bottles that we could have chosen that would have led us nicely into this topic, uh, many of which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. But this one here from Rassi, I think, uh, deserves a special place in the recent product designs that are worth mentioning. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah. So that leads us into today's topic, which is on the topic of packaging. Now, we asked a few questions about this a few weeks ago on Instagram, two or three weeks ago, uh, a range of different questions, which we'll pepper throughout the episode today that sort of talk about why is it important and, and you know. Just what people's feelings are on it. What people's feelings are on packaging, exactly. And the first thing we sort of wanted to say is, is packaging actually important? Personally, I would say, yes, I think it's of the utmost importance. What would you say? 100%. 100%. Not quite 100%, but our Instagram audience, (laughs) we asked them more or less that question. We asked them, is it overhyped or is it underappreciated? The results were probably more leaning one way than I expected them to. 9% said overhyped, 91% said underappreciated. So overwhelmingly, people feel 
that packaging is something that is underappreciated as part of the whiskey or more broadly drink buying experience, which I thought was quite an illuminating statistic. What, what really? Hmm. Maybe it's just I'm so shaped by my own opinion. I just thought more people would say, like, no, it's it's wank. Like, it doesn't matter. That What really matters is the liquid inside. I don't know. How many people, though, like, buy something because it's pretty? Yeah. I, you want I, well, to, you want some... 91%, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you love when you get even gifted, like, a bottle that's really pretty and then, you know... Yeah. I mean, we'll touch on it later, but you're able to use again. Yeah, for sure. Display so, it on your shelf, you so know? We've talked a lot about packaging both on and off the podcast. And actually, in the lead up to this episode, we were talking about sort of the the stance that we wanted to take on it and how we can kind of surmise what is an enormous... It's a dis- black hole when you start getting oh, into it. It really is. Yeah. And we kind of got into that. We spent most of this afternoon talking about how we would surmise just this part of the topic. And... What we ended up coming down to after debating the wording that we use and, you know, <laughs> minimalism, maximalism, traditional, progressive, uh, experimental, all of these different words, what we ended up coming down to was traditional versus progressive. If you look at packaging on a, on a spectrum or on a scale, at one end, I would say, or we would say, that you have traditional packaging, and on the other end, you have progressive yeah and i think viewing packaging as a more traditional transactional Mm. kind of thing like Mm. we talked about when like a business looks at it and their overheads come into it a lot more than for other businesses and they think what's the most cost effective how can i mass produce this easily with the least cost to me possible so you go down a more traditional route because it's more easily consumed for them yeah, okay, so that's one end of the spectrum, right, yeah. is the traditional. And then at the other end, that's progressive, and that's kind of an all-encompassing word that we thought sort of sums up distilleries like Rassi that are doing something quite interesting and are putting a lot of thought into the design. Yeah. That can also be someone like Brooklady a few years ago when they brought out that um, cyan blue, uh, teal blue colored bottle. That was quite different at the time. That can even be someone that is doing something quite, uh, quite, I suppose, minimalist in their approach. Um, an example being someone like, is it Woven Whiskey? Yeah. That's kind of stripped all of the packaging away and they've just got this really plain uh, frosted glass bottle with a super simple label that says next to nothing on it and they're just like, nah, we don't care about packaging. Uh, we're just going to put it in this really plain thing. But actually, <laughs> but you do doing because that, you made that decision. <laughs> in doing that, they have put a lot of thought into not doing packaging. So it's kind of a, a catch-22 like in a way. like the cool kid approach to packaging. Yeah, right? I mean, we could rant a little bit more I'm sure about the minimalism thing and how it can sometimes be a bit elitist but I don't think we need to go into that today uh, but that, that's kind of the spectrum that we thought sort of captures it quite well the traditional stuff at one end and I'm sure you can think of some examples if we just list a couple of them I think someone like Glenmorangy is quite traditional in their packaging yeah uh, what's some other ones um Who's your Irish mate? Uh, Bush Mills. Bush Mills. Very traditional in their packaging. You know, just that square, plain sort and of like bottle. Jameson as well is Jamison's, really traditional. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jack Daniels, Jim Beam. Even in like bottle, like if we're talking fundamentally bottle design, like Ardbeg's quite traditional. Yeah, Gordon's Gin. Gordon and McPhail. Yeah. In their like general ranges. And I just want to make sure we are talking about like consumer products. Oh, for sure. For Not sure. like your special editions one-off time releases collaboration products we're talking about the ones that you can go into your 
off e and buy off the shelf yeah. or you can get get access to online easily mm. Mm. like and again other end of the spectrum that's just the ones that have put quite a lot more thought into it so that's the captures the ones like Rassi obviously Harris uh, I'm sure we'll come back to some more of them later yeah. as well so we asked people on Instagram uh, which they preferred because I think we both have our own preferences. Um, I personally would lean more towards the um, sort of progressive end mm-hmm. of the spectrum. What about you? Yeah, same. Purely because a bit more thought's gone into it. It's and an I art quite form. Like design. Yeah, it is art. Absolutely. So we asked people, what do you think? The wording we used was slightly different. We said modern and experimental versus traditional. And the results there, 13% of people prefer traditional, 87% modern and experimental. So once again, quite a clear majority um, in favour of one over the other. Quick uh, proviso on that, though. That could be down to the audience that we have. Yeah, the demographic of our followers is probably a little bit more on the younger end of... um, Consumers. Consumers. Well, drinking consumers. I suppose now we want to cover off a little bit about why. Why does packaging actually matter? 91% of people thought it was underappreciated. We think it's a, an integral part of the buying experience. But why is that? And Nikki, you've come up with kind of three points that summarize the whole thing pretty bloody well, in my opinion. Firstly, it's that kind of undeniable factor that packaging does influence your purchase. Yeah. It does. Whether people say it does or it doesn't, you're not going to buy something that you think is ugly. Mm. Like, you're not going to buy something that you look at and are like, that's vile. Mm. Why have they done that? Oh, great. I'm going to drop £70 on it. A lot of it, I think, is fair to say is done quite subliminally too. Oh, completely. Yeah. Most people would say, oh, no, I'm not influenced by it. I wouldn't be. I I make my own decisions and it's like... (laughs) Do you? Well, everyone has things that they prefer over, you know, whether it's down to things like um, the shape of the bottle, uh, maybe it's the heritage, uh, the way that they communicate that. Even just colour preference. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Uh, Details or even lack thereof. You know, sometimes people think, oh, no, bottle design doesn't mean anything to me. So they specifically steer away to more minimalist or, Or it's How many times have you been to a friend's house or something and they pulled out a bottle of wine and been like, I don't know anything about this, but I thought that the little bird on the label was cute. (laughs) That was us a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? You know, there's so many times you're like, this label looks intriguing. And if the label or the bottle or the design of the product has intrigued you, then you're going to want to try the product. Mm, mm. Whether conscious or subconscious, it can definitely evoke different responses. And look, we asked a question more or less uh, on this vein. We said, have you ever bought a bottle because of packaging? We asked this on Instagram. And once again, wouldn't you believe it, an overwhelming response with 95% saying yes. They have. So the proof is in the pudding there, isn't it? Whether it's subliminal or not, 95% of people are aware that actually, yes, I have done exactly that. Well, especially because if you're talking kind of drinks, a lot of people go into an off-license or they're looking online and you don't know exactly what you're looking for. Mm. So you are looking to be enticed by something. Yeah. And unless you're going to a tasting... That's going to be done by the packaging. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, whiskey in particular, so bloody overwhelming. Like, I even find it myself, I know a moderate amount about whiskey, but I go into a bottle shop and I'm like, fuck, man, there's so much to look at. Yeah. So your eyes do gravitate to something that speaks to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever your preferences may happen to be. The second kind of point that we've summarized here is that packaging is a way for the brand or the business to communicate with the customer. Mm. And whether that's for better or for worse, it's their opportunity to sell themselves Mm. visually to the customer. And that can be like, they could be saying, we don't care about packaging and we're just going traditional. We're just, you know, it's it's easier to buy 180,000 of these bottles because they're cheaper or whatever. And we're just going to package it and label it and whatever, enjoy. 
Uh, or it can be the other end of the spectrum, someone like Rassi that's put the utmost amount of thought into it and they want you to know that they've put thought into it by putting a big window in the box and like, hey, look at this bottle. Yeah, but even those um, more traditional approaches they still consider what their key messages are going to be on their packaging. So mm. it's like on their label, is the age statement going to be front and centre and shout what age this is? Because that distillery, for example, views that as really important. Yeah, or are they going to shout a specific flavour note? Or is it the region? Are they going to scream, we're a Speyside and that's our USP? Well, if we flash back a couple of weeks when we talked about Bush Mills, right? So they, I mean, I imagine they put some thought into the glass, but their glass bottles are very boring in my opinion. They don't put the much thought into the design of it, yeah. but they do really reinforce how old they are. Yes, because that's their USP. Mm, definitely. So the final point I want to make as well about this is when it's done well, packaging can outlast the product itself. And you got a couple of examples of that just looking around our bloody house, haven't you? Well, from, yeah, we've got a bottle of Linden Lime on the windowsill mm. with a bunch of flowers in it. Mm. And it's like, you know, we finished that gin long ago. And it's still sitting in our house. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't even our bo bloody bottle of gin. That was a gift for Granddad. He didn't want the bottle. So we said, we'll take it. We'll put some bloody flowers in it. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so, but yeah. you also see that as well. You know, you go into a lot of pubs and they've got the Harris gin bottle as their water bottle on mm. the table. If you put enough consideration into that design people won't want to get rid of it and we actually got a message about this on instagram about harris and um, i think it was sarah messaged on our picture of it and said that she did she bought it for the design and then mm. kept it as a vase because she mm. was like it was just too beautiful to throw out mm. and this is where i'm really torn on the whole packaging thing because uh i love good design but I hate being advertised to, and I'm always acutely aware, maybe it's working in radio or media or whatever, but I'm always acutely aware of when I'm being marketed to. So I don't like having fucking brands through, spread throughout the house. But that Linden Lime bottle, we've kept the label on it. I see it every single day, and that's I've allowed that advertising to be placed in my house because the design is good enough to justify its place on that shelf across the room. And that speaks volumes to the importance of nailing that design of that bottle. Well, yeah, if you can create a product that someone is proud enough of or happy enough, as you say, mm. to have in their home, and then that then becomes every single person who comes over to your house for dinner, they mm. see that. And it's almost like having a mini, a mini influencer campaign running there. Yeah. And another question we asked on Instagram on this exact topic, have you ever kept a bottle... Uh, because you liked the way it was designed or, or the way it looked. And once again, 95% of people said, yes, they have done exactly that. So have will it willfully allowed that marketing to make its way into their home and into their intimate space because they liked the way it looked. And if that stat alone doesn't say enough about the importance of nailing the design of a product... I don't know what else can. So we thought now would be kind of a good opportunity to talk about some of our favourites. And again, it's on a consumer level, not collector, because yeah. we do not have that budget. Well, once you go down that <laughs> rabbit hole, it, it, it's a very deep rabbit hole to go down because, like, the the amount of design and stuff that goes into those, like, you know, $200,000 bottles of whiskey or whatever, the ones that you see, like, kept in, like, behind glass doors and places like the Scotch Malt Whiskey Experience. Yeah, they're undoubtedly incredible yeah. pieces of art. It's an unfair yeah, comparison. So these are ones that you can buy off the shelf. We've collated a bit of a list. We compared them beforehand. Quite hilariously, our lists were almost identical. 
So I think we'll just go through these one by one, talk about ones that we quite like the design of and why they speak to us. Yeah, and it's not just bottle design. We we thought about kind of can design and graphics yeah. and that kind of thing as well because that all plays into it. For sure. And we've got a couple that have been shared with us as well and we'll come back to those shortly. So the first one at the top of the list here, I've put Rassi for the reasons I've already described. I think the bottle design with the sort of earth and fossilised and uh, island influences really speaks to me and the things that I'm quite fond of. So don't really need to say anything more about that but Rassi keep doing what you're doing love your stuff uh, their whiskey design obviously beautiful they've just redone their gin bottling as well to incorporate a similar kind of aesthetic but I think it's in a round bottle so probably get a hands on one of those at some stage to make a bloody good vase um, we've spoken about it before as well but the Isle of Harris gin mm. gorgeous again island um, kind of oceanic influences on the bottle design mm. just stunning seeing the theme here yeah we love the, we love nature <laughs> love the islands continuing that theme as well <laughs> yeah. another island uh, from Isla this time around um, for the botanist gin uh, I think we spoke about a week maybe two episodes ago um, again really just like what they've done there with the Latin phrases embossed on the side of it think it looks really sharp yeah and we mentioned it again uh, just a bit earlier in the episode Linden Lime Gin gorgeous gorgeous bottle mm. it's got a beautiful kind of minimalist it's really simplistic in its approach but yeah i think it's stunning and makes up it's got the perfect neck width for a mm. vase for a, a small a small bunch of flowers <laughs> yeah sitting across the room staring at me right now making me think bloody hell i could go with gin and tonic um what's the other one we've got uh, we've got waterford luna so this is one that um we did we mention this no we had it in our tasting a yeah. couple of weeks ago maybe so I think we've got a photo of this up on our Instagram at Sips with the Tips this is an Irish whiskey uh, that we got oh, a couple of months ago it's biodynamic whiskey which is interesting and that probably deserves an episode all on its own because it's very intriguing what they're doing with that particular release but uh, you quite like the label of this one here well I love it because um, it's made with biodynamic barley and biodynamic is you know farming basically in line with how nature intended so it yeah. takes a lot of influence from uh, astrological influences and lunar cycles and that kind of thing but on the label they've obviously reflected this in the designs so there's little like starry kind of galaxy looking speckles mm. throughout it and it's blue glass as well which mm. is really unusual for yeah. um a whiskey and it's got um a vanilla um, cap closure so it's it's a glass one which again feels a little bit different it's a little bit more of an, a simplistic opening mechanic I just really like it <laughs> well, you say well if you know how to open when, it <laughs> when we bloody got that bottle I was sitting there twisting the shit out of it and I was like how the He's nearly smashed it to pieces. Yeah, I thought I was going to bloody break the top of it off. And you're like, oh, it's a Vinlock cap. You need to just like Pop push it. the side of it. I was like, I'd never seen one before. So, um, yeah, call me basic or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's the reason I like it. It's got that really nice kind of neck. And um, the, the cap on it is this lovely like green glass. got a nice weight to it's it. It's beautiful. Really, really cool bottle. Uh, we've also got Brick Laddie on the list. Uh, I think this one just deserved to mention because I think what they did years ago with bringing out that teal blue coloured bottle and, you know, when you've got a bar full of your Abelowers and your Glenfiddichs and your Glenmorangies and your Macallans and everything that's just glass and label and whatever amber liquid inside, to have a teal blue bottle sat in the middle of it, it just stands out so well. Very even disruptive. To this, even to this day, it's just like you go into a bar, you're looking at the range, but glad he stands out front and centre, so good on them for um, you know doing what they're doing. And we're going over to the beer world for our, ne our next one. Uh, Tuatara, they're a Kiwi brewery, aren't they? They are, yeah. So, we actually had a bottle of that last night. I am obsessed with their bottles. Um, the bottles kind of have like almost like a dinosaur spine well, on the side is of it. A, is a, um, 
it is from like the dinosaur era. It's a New Zealand native um, lizard, I guess is the word uh, I want to use here. So it's the the bottle design they've gone with. It's got kind of like a textured sort of scaly sort of approach. Like, oh, and, yeah, I love it. And it's got a little ridge that runs down the side of the neck that that is like a, a spine of a lizard. Yeah. Like, but it's beautiful. And um, we got a nice photo of um, pouring out one of those last nights. So we'll probably pop that up on Instagram if you want to see exactly what that bottle looks like because it's really it is very cool. Like it's stuck with me for years. And their beer is super tasty. Mm, yeah, really good. Next one we've got is uh, kind of quite on the other end of the spectrum, really. It's more of, it's not traditional. I don't know if it's sort of uh, progressive in that it's so minimalist, but Nika yeah. from the barrel. Specifically, yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. So Nika from Chunky. the barrel is, if you haven't seen it, it comes in a 500 mil, which is already slightly unusual for a whiskey. But the bottle is quite like angular, and nonchalant, like the cap's just a wee silver screw top. The label says basically nothing, just Nika from the barrel, the percentage and the volume. And it's just, I don't know why it is, but that one has just become a favourite of so many people for its understated approach. So simplistic, I love it. And we've got some that have been uh, sent in to us as people's favourites, which are kind of on a similar sort of vein, which we'll get to shortly. The last one you had, a beer design that I think absolutely deserves a mention. Omnipolo. Oh, I just love their graphics. They're so much fun and they're so bright and it's just like not what you'd expect from beer, I think. Mm. And so many are like ice cream influenced as well and I just, yeah, it's it's fun. It's really fun. Oh yeah, if you want to see what the, some of the interesting stuff you can do with can design, make sure you follow them on Instagram because they're always putting up photos of like new cans that they've put out and the, the graphics are always fucking incredible it's like super reflective as well of their approach to beer because they do a lot of experimental brewing as well and mm. stuff that's a little bit out there and again quite colorful like i think they've done like recently did like raspberry flavored foam Ooh. they managed that it was it looked really cool but yeah i love their stuff so that's just a handful of our favorites i mean that's not an exhaustive list is it no we could go on forever oh, but um that'd be probably really boring for you so <laughs> i'm not gonna do that <laughs> instead we'll hand it over to uh some of the ones that we had submitted to us so a couple of people messaged in and we asked uh, you know what are some of your favorites from a design point of view Tyrone messaged and said actually all of the Nika whiskies especially from the barrel man after our own heart yes yeah. and Blair messaged in Blair messaged with quite a list as well which mm. was greatly appreciated so he said collective arts for supporting artists overtone brewery uniquely identifiable arbor eels for their pint cans also always like the bottle of Suntory Toki it's hip to be square, which yeah. also ties in with Nika from the barrel. <laughs> another uh, another Japanese one, quite funnily as well. Another sort of square, basic Little bottle. chunky boy. Yeah. yeah. Funny how those ones speak to people so much. I think it's the tactile element as quite well. They possibly. feel so different. Mm. So anyway. thank you, Tyrone. Thank you, Blair, for sending those ones in. Uh, and that basically sums up the topic today. Packaging is it important in a word. Yep. Yes. Moving on to our booze and brews news for the week. Nikki, what is making headlines today? Isla-based Kalila Distillery has opened its new visitor centre following a multi-million pound renovation. The visitor centre opening also marks the completion of Diageo's Glenkinchy, Cardew, Kalila and Kleinleash distilleries, which are all the four corners of the Johnny Walker blend. The revamped facility at Kalila 
offers panoramic views of Jura across the water, a bar with floor-to-ceiling windows and an immersive storytelling room. Oh, definitely will be worth a visit if slash when we make it back to the island. Plan it in for our next Europe trip. For sure. Ardbeg has partnered with three artists to create its first sci-fi graphic novel. Mm -hmm. This is called Planet Ardbeg and it is a limited edition 40-page sci-fi anthology. The novel is inspired by the flavours and origin stories of three of the brand's whiskies, so Ardbeg 10-year-old, Ardbeg Anoa, and Ardbeg Wee Beastie. Planet Ardbeg will be available to buy from the distillery, visitor centre, selected comic book shops, and also online in some markets. But it was conceived by New York cartoonist Ronald Wimberly, along with artists Emma Rios and Sanford Green. Do you ever just get the feeling that, like, with this and, like, Ardbeg's whole keep it weird sort of vibe, do you feel like Ardbeg's just run by nerds? No, no discredit to them, no no disrespect meant by that, but do you ever just feel like they've just got some nerds and they're just like, yeah, man, we're going to tap into that But their that whole thing is they are they are nerdy in their approach to their mm. whiskey. That You know, they specify the PPM of the barley. They go into molecular, literally molecular detail of the phenolic flavors. Like, yeah. nerdy is their approach. Oh, and I love it. So like, I read this yeah, and I was literally cool. like, beautiful. Like, love it. And mm. I bet all of the Ardbeg collectors will go mental for this. No doubt. I mean, I probably won't read it myself, but good on them for You'll doing what they're doing. You'll probably see it in auction markets in like 60 <laughs> yeah. years to like, come. Good point. Worth Maybe fucking let's buy 10. Next up, we have a slightly unsurprising collaboration of uh, McAllen with Bentley Motors to introduce a limited edition single malt whiskey named the McAllen Horizon. I'm getting deja vu here. I know. It is gorgeous, I'm not going to lie, but mm. the, the McAllen Horizon incorporates six upcycled, repurposed, or ethically sourced materials in its bottle design, which are integral to both the McAllen and Bentley Motors. It will be available in the summer of 2023, and what's actually quite interesting is it's showcased in a horizontal design. So it's a bottle, obviously housing liquid, but it lies flat. Okay, It's really cool. And they describe it as engineering meeting art to create something beautiful. The reason I say deja vu, uh, for those of you that don't sort of follow um, the really, really expensive whiskies of the world, which why would you? Uh, what was it? Only a few weeks ago, um, was it Bemore uh, announced a partnership with Aston Martin? So, yeah. Well, not announced a partnership, announced a new product release, which they overhyped. And wouldn't you know it? Bloody McAllen's gone and done the same thing. <laughs> to be fair to McAllen, McAllen eh? <laughs> had the Bentley partnership before Bamor and Aston Martin started theirs, yeah, yeah. but they hadn't done a product release. Okay. The teaser video is um, pretty cool, though, I'm yeah, not going to lie, so okay. I would recommend watching that if you're interested. And finally, biodegradable drinking straws are all the rage, but one New York Yankees fan may have gone a bit too left field. He was spotted combining two of the main fixtures of a good baseball game, which... Beer oh, yeah. and a hot dog. Okay. And in a clip that has now been viewed more than 12 million times on Twitter, the wow. man can be seen hollowing out his hot dog with an already perfectly usable drinking straw and then repurposing the sausage to suck his beer through. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know what a Tim Tam Slam is? Yeah, but it's so it's like an Antipodean thing where you like nibble the corners off a Tim Tam chocolate biscuit and then like suck coffee through it or whatever. Yeah, hot but at least coffee it. and chocolate taste good together. <laughs> but with a hot dog, imagine he like went to like drink the drink the beer and then like got a blockage and sucked too hard and then like. Whoa. <laughs> I would thoroughly enjoy Just that. Down, down the hot dog. That's quite funny. And that's all for today's news. 
<laughs> Sorry. That's very good. Thank you, Nikki. That is today's booze and brews news. A few um, <laughs> interesting stories there. Uh, moving on to today's Instagram question or the Instagram question for the week or rather fortnight ahead. Uh, look, we haven't planned anything specific, but I can tell you this. It is going to be coffee related. So if you have any strong opinions relating to coffee, make sure you are following us at Sips with the Tips on Instagram. Uh, we like to ask questions throughout the weeks and um, we'll bring those back to the show next week. So your question, your answer rather, could be featured in the next episode of Sips with the Tips. So that is the last call bell and before we wrap things up do just want to say an enormous thank you to you for listening to today's episode on packaging and all things packaging related. I do hope that you've enjoyed. If you don't want to follow us you can do so on Instagram. We are at Sips with the Tips. We also have a website sipswiththetips.com which you can check out as well. Links to all your favourite podcasting websites etc. I think we've got a mailing list too. I only got a couple of subscribers though so if you want to be another one please do um, hit that or follow that whatever the fuck you need to do up on the website sipswiththetips.com um, also if you could leave a review that would be very gratefully appreciated by both Nikki and I if you are enjoying or even if you're not tell us what you think on whatever podcasting platform you're using Spotify, Apple, Amazon for whatever reason or whichever it happens to be but mainly please, if you like it mainly if you like it please do leave <laughs> us a review tell us what you think and if you are enjoying the show tell a mate as well get some more listeners for us that would be bloody good and tell us that you've done that and we will buy you a beer today's show was brought to you by the illicit distilling of the Isle of Rasi, which paved the way to today's product releases. Sips with the Tips is written, recorded and produced by us. Theme music by all good folks via Upbeat.io. Keep in contact at our website, sipswiththetips.com or through our Instagram at sipswiththetips. And as always, sip sensibly, savour the sip and we'll see you in a couple of Sundays. Mm-hmm.